Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Jason. And I'm Gina. And this week we are reviewing Manifesto. Starring Kate Blanchett. As Kate Blanchett. And only Kate Blanchett. 12 times over. 13. Manifesto is originally an art exhibition in which um, a dozen or so short films um, played simultaneously, each one containing Kate Blanchett reciting a famous manifesto or a combination thereof while in character. The film release is the result of director Julian Roosevelt, the original artist of the piece, editing the disparate segments together. In it, we watch Blanchett deliver Tristan Sara's Dada Manifesto as a funeral eulogy, Lars van Trier's and Thomas Vinterberg's Dogma Manifesto as an elementary school lesson, and Klaus Oldenburg's Pop Art Manifesto as a dinner prayer, amongst others. Um, so Gina, I guess like the film kind of begs the question, given that it was originally um, in the form of an art exhibition, uh, does it work to translate it into this format of a sort of feature-length film, and is it really necessary? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I uh, I would quote Reverend Lovejoy on this uh, short answer, yes, with an if, long answer, no, with a but. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it does feel a bit strange to, to review this because it's really not like a feature film or it doesn't try to do what films generally try to do. I mean, it is an art piece. So I think like whatever you say about it, you're kind of reviewing it as an art installation that's playing in cinemas um i mean it doesn't have a narrative it doesn't have plot it doesn't have character i mean even though it's kind of being billed as kate blanchett is 13 different yeah. personalities i mean she's not really because she's she's kind of just reading stuff she's, she's kind just of in costume yeah she's in costume it's a bit like going to a poetry slam or to like a, a political pamphlet mm. reading or something like that like she's not really a, a different person um whether it works yeah, I mean, a lot of people think it does. A lot of people think this is this is really great, which I don't know if that's kind of a symptom of how like kind of stupid and mainstream <laughs> a lot of cinema that that's, that gets released now is, you know, with like the kind of a lot of the thinking yeah. um cinema moving to to small screens, I guess. Uh, you know, and all you have in in cinemas is sort of Marvel and um DC yeah. comic stuff. And so maybe, I don't know, people are kind of crying out for, for a think piece. They're starving for some sort of like long words and, uh, and yeah. dialogue. But I don't know. I mean, I I think this this would be, I didn't see that exhibition, um, but I think it would be way, way more interesting in a studio for stars because you can walk away. <laughs> because um, Yes, you're not stuck. I, I this think was quite, a, yeah, even though it was a short 90 minutes, it was... Um, it was a long 90 minutes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like the concept is really interesting, you know, uh, but then once you get over that, you you kind of just, you just, the, the, it doesn't really give you anything else. Yeah, yeah I had a very, like, um, strange reaction to watching it because it, it really felt like at first, you know, oh, it's supposed to be about all these manifestos and, like, lifting them up and sort of... Uh, you know, putting a new spin on them and sort of elevating them. But when you see them all put together, especially in this way where they're 
totally uh, decontextualized or placed into like yeah like this dinner scene and spliced together as well i mean they're they're not it's totally like cherry picking ideas and and lines from different manifestos and literally mashing them together which i know you was your big pet peeve for you total pet peeve (laughs) for me yeah just just what's wrong with just like mixing two people's ideas and making them one yeah uh but it was strange like it is kind of interesting to see them all put side to side because i think the effect is is that it kind of makes the manifestos just seem kind of stupid (laughs) or at least like uh they read as sort of a yeah like a, a pamphlet like a marketing uh sort of slogan for a movement which i guess they are and and it also kind of makes you realize in a way how similar they all are yeah and interchangeable. Exactly. it's like exactly the same themes it's all about um and these are pretty much all art manifestos yeah. with a few exceptions. i was a little disappointed by that as well yeah could have could have i guess art is mostly where the manifestos are but i would have expected there to be a, a few more political ones but it isn't yeah they, they all kind of start off by saying everything until now has been shit and it's been rubbish <laughs> And now it's going to be better. And we're going to burn it to the ground and build a new pile of shit. And then... And it's going to be better. Yeah. It's going to be great. Or maybe it's going to be bad, but it's going to be different. So, yeah, it really, it really felt like you're just seeing this um, it's sort of laying bare, like the, the recycled nature of, yeah, the, this of process. Course. Yeah, this process of uh, coming to, um, you know, a new phoenix rising from the ashes of a previous movement. And then, you know, this sort of forever circle of that repeating yeah, itself yeah um but that's not i guess i guess your, your point is that it's not actually being critical in that way exactly so like it, it it uh it's not being critical and i really thought that it was maybe trying to be and i thought that was a little more interesting but then at the end there's this kind of giveaway where uh, at the very end of the credits there's like a little line it's like Special thanks to all the amazing authors of these mind-blowing manifestos. So it is, it is very clearly sincere that um, just trying to pay homage to um, these thinkers. And I felt like strange, it really undercut itself in a weird way. Yeah, it's strange that, that the way you perceive this um, can, can change, you know, can like turn around 180 degrees depending on the tone in which it's done. And I suppose, like, yeah, when when I was watching it, I was a bit undecided as well about like what what is what is the tone? What is um, Julian Roosevelt trying to say? What is his his kind of message? And I think you know, as long as you don't know that, you can sort of um, you can read a lot into it, you know, and you can it, it is kind of interesting, you know, the, the the idea of what he's doing. But then the moment that um, he or you know whoever sort of like has created this comes out and says, you know, no, I th- I think this is like these are all awesome, mm. yeah, words of wisdom. It's kind of like the whole house of cards <laughs> exactly. just comes down. And it is also weird because it it has this narrative structure kind of grafted to it, and so you have these kind of absurd situations where. Um, in a very realistic looking funeral scene, somebody is reciting the Dada manifesto and basically yelling at all of the uh, um, the mourners. And it has this kind of like, like, yeah, it's supposed to be, I don't know, oh, it's a funeral for art or something. And that's the thing, like a lot of these like um, scenes didn't actually have any contextual relevance to the uh, to what was being said. This one kind of did. But in general, the context also served to undermine it because it it was kind of just absurd um and it it 
sort of weirdly also occasionally delved into humor. Like, for example, the dinner table prayer scene where, like, this woman's reciting the pop art uh, manifesto to her family, and they're, all, they're basically getting impatient because they want to eat. And it's almost like there's this this commentary that gets put onto the manifesto due to the context in which it's presented. When she's like, like, okay, well, does, like, Roosevelt actually think that the pop art manifesto is bullshit? Probably not. But it's just sort of like, I guess he couldn't resist the temptation to put these things in kind of funny situations. Um, can we maybe talk about the characters, actually? Uh, because I, I think that a lot could be said about some of the the, the sort of dress-up scenes of Kate Blanchett, like in the role of a homeless man, mm. for example, or the role of a puppeteer, which I found so <laughs> creepy and disconcerting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of saying, oh, she's she's such a chameleon in this. She's so great. She's she's playing all these different actors. What, what did you think? Do you think, like, that her that, that the fact that it is Kate Blanchett sort of added to this or took away from it in some way? Um, I have to say that my esteem for Kate Blanchett kind of fell after seeing this film because I, I, did, I did like um, – and I'm not there. How she plays Bob Dylan, I thought that was like kind of a nice usage. It wasn't her playing everything, but she plays like a kind of non-traditional character um, outside of the you know her her uh, identified gender. So whatever, that's kind of cool. But in this film, all the characters just seem so flat, and uh, she's kind of hammy, I think. And I think mm. that it's maybe supposed to be that way, but yeah, I I just sort of felt like. Uh, she wasn't really bringing anything to the the characters, and it was kind of obvious that it was at the end of the day, Kate Blanchett acting. Yeah, it was very over the top in some in some scenes, especially I think the homeless man who stands at uh, yeah. on the top of Teufelsburg uh, here in Berlin, in fact, yeah. and uh, you know yells out some things yeah, through a pre- megaphone. Pretty good costumes and uh, and makeup, I guess. Yeah, but I think I think the moral of the story is, is that Kate Blanchett just can't play poor people or, or working class people. You know, she can play Elizabeth and she can play like, you know, Carol mm-hmm. um or Blue Jasmine, but she she can't like play your mum who works in a factory. I saw an interesting point where somebody was making the case that Kate uh, Blanchett can only play roles in which there's like a she's wearing a mask. Like she's doing like it's it's supposed to be false in a way. Mm-hmm. And I guess her character in Carol is kind of like that, and mm-hmm. even Blue Jasmine is is like that in this film as well. So I think it's an interesting point to her. Uh, Which in a way is, is kind of like um, I think that's that's very true, and I think it has to do with her acting style. You know, she really overacts in a way. Um, I mean, I think she she gets compared to Catherine Hepburn a lot. And I think that's really true. But what's interesting about that is that Catherine Hepburn is an, an actress of such a different generation when acting was quite different. And I think Kate Blanchett is kind of an old-fashioned actress in that way. Um, she's not really she's not really very natural, um, which is kind of I suppose the fashion um, today when you look at like like young actresses like like Kristen Stewart, for instance, Jennifer um, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. I mean, there's there's like an attempt at, at kind of naturalism there and sort of like more being yourself, whereas Kate Blanchett is always acting yeah. somehow. Yeah, she tends to do best, I guess, when she's playing characters who are themselves acting. Yeah, exactly. Like second layer yeah, stuff. Exactly. But I guess people are kind of a, a sucker for, for Kate Blanchett and, you know, for decent reasons. But like, I was 
really kind of dumbfounded by how many people endorse this just like with their entire being this film yeah it's got like really really good reviews from, from all quarters and i think maybe it's kind of um symbolic a little bit of the way people people react to art now which is um they're kind of afraid to modern art i should say which is they're kind of afraid to um say what they really think about it because they'll be judged as being too stupid to understand it somehow. And I wonder if that that kind of fear isn't creeping into this where maybe um, a lot of people who see this kind of, they, they don't necessarily enjoy it, but they feel like they should enjoy it mm, because it's really because clever. Because it's got ideas in it. Yeah, because it's got ideas in it. And maybe because they agree with the ideas as well, um, which I think, you know, we go to, you know, a yeah. good number of art shows. We went to documentary this year. And it is interesting, like, how, how dumbfounded people often are by contemporary art, which in a way is is so kind of um, alienating. It can be so alienating and, and so highbrow and so academic and not really there to be enjoyed. Um, and somehow, I don't know, I suppose it's it's really easy to feel like you're a bit daft if you don't yeah. sort of get it or if you say, well, you know, I just I just don't like this. It just isn't speaking to me. Yeah, it's kind of like designed almost to create a shared community of smugness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and ultimately, yeah, I did feel that it, it, it didn't actually, uh, I mean, it had ideas in it, I guess, but ultimately... It, but there were all kind of ideas from, exactly. <laughs> from these manifestos. I There's, mean, they were all kind of, not, not stolen, but certainly borrowed. It's like a regurgitation in yeah. a place in maybe a different context, but... Not and, that different. And, it can't, you know, it's aware of that because a lot of those manifestos are kind of also um, a license to to steal stuff and regurgitate yeah. it and, and to, to claim that that's part of the artistic process. That's true. But, I, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, more people maybe who are um, involved in the art world, you know, to a greater degree than, than we are, maybe need to kind of – I don't know. I think they need to address this this enormous like um, yawning chasm between uh, I think viewers and and producers mm. of art or like you know the the art industry. Maybe you need to write a manifesto. Maybe I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go right now and and do that. And do that. No, but you know I th I think like uh, we reviewed the square recently. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, much better translation of an actual art piece to a film. Different, totally, different way, totally. But also kind of uh, addressed this these issues around modern art, you know, in a, mm -hmm. in a really nice and clever way that you could read sort of, you know, you could come to that film as someone who, who just loves modern art mm -hmm. and who, you know, is kind of a champion for that and you would get something out of it. Or you could come to it as someone who kind of, you know, like prefers... Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss or someone, yeah, who doesn't give a fuck about art or someone, you know, who just likes old fashion stuff like yeah. i don't know Cronach and yeah. uh grunewald and you could come to that and and see something interesting whereas this is is you know yeah again it, it's kind of uh, made for an incredibly select elite audience who are gonna like be really kind of i think it's really great yeah, yeah. i think it's great and be really smug about it and well know. that's fine Fine That's them. fine for some people. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving I'm giving this film one star. <laughs> yeah. We don't really give stars, but I I would give this a very low yeah, rating yeah. if I could. I'm kind of on the same page there. Um, but yeah, I guess we should call it there. Yeah. For manifesto, if you want to see uh, a film based on around the art world or you know dealing with the art world again, 
really recommend The Square. Um, and you can listen to our review of it if you want as well. Yes. And next week, no review. We're just going to be reading out our own manifesto. Yes. As different characters. Look forward to that. I'm going to put on some accents. Um, I have many. It's going to be awesome. I'm just going to be Kate Blanchett. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Right. See Thanks you then. for listening. Bye.